Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. This podcast is sponsored by Brick Johnson Coaching. Hey, I have some exciting news for all of my high-achieving women out there. That's right. I get the emails and DMs from you guys saying you wish you were my target market. I understand. We need great allies too. And we need allies with well-managed minds. Well, I've listened. So this offer is for you too, because it's a one-on-one offer. So if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, you're a woman of color or not, or an ally. If you're tired of feeling like you can't do more, I'm here to help. My one-on-one six-month coaching program is designed specifically for you. Together, we will work on strategies to help you manage your stress and help you achieve your goals. Because women quitting on their dreams is just not an option. And this is what my six-month program can do for you. Instead of time management, we will uncover why you manage your time the way you are so that you can prioritize self-care, giving you more time to do the things you love. Are you struggling with imposter syndrome? Are you anxious with a chaotic mind? I get it. We target the root causes of imposter syndrome helping you gain the confidence and self-assurance to pursue your goals and succeed in your career and your personal life? Do you struggle with communication issues, difficulty expressing yourself effectively or asserting your needs professionally or personally? You'll learn to cultivate a positive relationship with yourself. We'll work on the why this issue is for you, why this is happening, helping you resolve the inner conflict so that you can easily take care of the external conflict with others. When it comes to communicating your needs, you don't need another communication class on how to resolve clients' issues. Once you uncover your hidden conditioning, you will have the skills to build stronger, more productive relationship with colleagues, clients, and ultimately leading to greater success and growth in your business and personal life. Listen, if you're a high-level woman ready to cultivate more meaningful and fulfilling relationships, both with yourself and others, and you take your business and professional growth seriously and you want to take it to the next level, you and your relationship with you and your brain is your greatest asset. My coaching program is perfect for you. You don't have to continue putting others first and neglecting your own needs and desires in the process. Because remember, you are your greatest asset. Let's work together to create a life that you enjoy of connection and success. If this interests you, reach out, book a breakthrough call at brickjohnson.com forward slash breakthrough. Again, brigjohnson.com forward slash breakthrough. Look forward to talking to you. Hey guys, 
episode 148. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Brig Johnson, a reformed tsunami mommy control freak, and now life coach helping Black women create even more success without all the side effects. And today I want to talk about a topic that I really struggled with and I want to give some language to. So the advantages of neediness. What? Right? Did that hit y'all like it would have hit me like two years ago? The advantages of neediness. Because if you're like me, and if you listen to this podcast, you probably are. I used to hate the damsel in distress. I mean, I hated seeing fragility, especially in Black women, and it irked me in others, right? Like that fragility used to get underneath my nerves. And I would have been rather called a bitch than needy. Like to be seen as needy was the kiss of death to my identity as a Black woman. And whininess was never welcomed in my home. Was it in yours? Whininess? Like never welcomed in my home. So why then have I decided to do a podcast on the advantages of neediness? Because here's the deal. We need to understand the cultural implications of us as a culture denying our needs and making it a bad thing, like a cuss word to be said that you were needy. What else are we supposed to be? And there is this thing called this Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which means we are needy, right? So if we are to say there's something wrong with being needy, but yet there's this whole train of psychological thought. There's a whole study on what we base a lot of things on are our hierarchy of needs. And when we dismiss that we have those needs, then we dismiss our humanness. And I want to stop that. If you know anything about me, then you know I want us to consider ourselves as human as anyone else. And when we do that, that means we also consider our hierarchy of needs, which means there is neediness in us. And there are advantages to honoring that, to deciding that, to saying, I am needy, right? Like, oh my God. I have needs. I am needy. Yes. But the implications has always been that we don't have needs, right? Like we don't feel pain like everybody else. We don't need as much rest as everybody else. Or if we do, there is like, here's the deal. The term lazy came with because a good slave worked from sun up to sundown. And so if your ass got tired and you didn't work a 16 hour day, or at least a 12-hour day because sun up to sundown, depending on when it was, 
could be a 12 hour, 14 hour, or sometimes a 16 hour day. If you didn't work hard throughout that entire time, you were considered lazy. But here's the deal. Only slaves were considered the person who could work that long because there was something genetically different about us. We didn't experience emotion. We didn't experience grief. That's why they can take our kids away from us. We would get over it, right? We didn't experience pain. There is a physician who is named the father of modern gynecology, J. Marion Sims, who performs experiments on Black female slaves without anesthesia. Annika Westcott was the person who endured 30 surgeries while Sims worked to perfect his technique. He perfected the technique on slaves without anesthesia, moved to New York City, and then performed those same surgeries to white women in New York City with anesthesia. And his reasoning for that was that Black women didn't suffer pain. Right? So, We've been taught basically through our conditioning that we aren't supposed to have needs. And so it is blasphemous for someone to say that we are needy. We take that personally. And I'm like, let's flip that. When a man calls me needy, when someone else says, oh, she needy. What if we just said, I sure am because I'm human, right? What if we flipped the switch? What if we stopped opting into the narrative from the basic historically of what we considered needy in the first place? So that means that you can operate me on me, rape me, take my kids away from me, work me from sunup to sundown. And if I didn't complain, I was a good slave and a good woman. Therefore, I wasn't needy. Y'all hear that? Do you hear the asinineness in this? Yes, I'm kind of like, <laughs> I want to rant. But when we label ourselves as needy, as if that is a bad thing, we do ourselves a disservice. I'm going to say that again. When we label ourselves as needy or other Black women as needy, ooh, she needy, y'all heard it. Or when a man, oh, she's needy, right? I got to call her all the time. I've got to encourage her. I've got to tell her she looks good. I've got to, like, right? What's wrong with those needs, guys? Why are we continuing to uphold a standard that took away our humaneness. We get to be needy. We get to have needs. We get to suffer and struggle with grief for two years. We get to need to be in our bed with the covers over us. We get the need to like grieve the loss of a relationship, a parent, we get to have anger when someone does us wrong. We get to want to have our significant other say, you look good, you sexy, you sensual, you turn me on. 
we get to have the desire, the need for communication to be seen as important to other people. That doesn't make us needy. That makes us human. Yes, I need to drop the mic on that. Don't cry. Don't you dare cry. And if you cry, it needs to be because you are so fucking mad and you can't do nothing that the tears just comes down. But you can't cry because your feelings were hurt. Because you're disappointed. Because you really wanted something. Because you felt rejected. Because you felt humiliated. Because you felt shame before. Because you feel saddest. You can't cry. And if you do, there's a time limit on it. And don't go over that time limit. Wash your face. Stop crying over spilled milk. Those ideas were presented to us. They were pushed on us. And then now we have become our own internal slave masters, taking away our own humanity. We say things like, fine, it's okay. I didn't want him anyway. I didn't want to go on that date anyway. I was getting ready to such and such. Like we dismiss it. What would happen if you honored your neediness? But you would first have to believe that neediness wasn't a bad thing. What if neediness was your strength? I think it is. I think it's the thing that's going to get us to that next success level is to honor our neediness, not dismiss it. We've created a culture of dismissal of our emotional needs. This dehumanizes us. Our superpower is to take back our emotional need, which is like lower rung on the totem pole, right? Hierarchy, physical needs, yes, safety, water, hierarchy needs, right? But our emotional needs. What if that's the missing piece right now to you getting to that next level? Like we can't get to self-actualization, the highest level, because we stop right here on this neediness threshold. Our emotional needs are important. They are. If we went after protecting our emotional needs, honoring them just as much as we did our physical needs, the need to get the bag, right? What would happen? I tell you what would happen. We would go up to self-actualization. We would lessen and decrease that power gap. We would show up stronger in our relationships, in our negotiations, in our business, in and within ourselves. We need connection, queen. We need love. We need support. We need acceptance. We need soft places to land. Those are needs, and to deny them from ourselves keeps us weak. Where are you denying your emotional needs, queen? Where? Where are you saying that's okay? 
Where are you stuffing and dismissing your emotional needs? Because here's the deal. When we honor those needs, we make requests. But it takes strength to make requests. Because when we make requests of others, then we have to deal with the disappointment of them dismissing them, them not honoring them, them mocking them, them belittling them. That takes strength to force them to deny our needs and not make the request, not have those difficult conversations. That's only familiar because that's what we've been conditioned to believe. It is the thing keeping us stuck. It's one of the things I work with you guys on, on your, in this one-on-one container. We work on solidifying this level right here, honoring who you are, your needs, your truths, your past, your needs without apology, without being labeled, I'm weak, without being labeled, I'm not a good anything or I shouldn't, without all the narrative, who would you be without that narrative? I'm telling you who you would be. You would be a woman on a mission, full of love and self-acceptance, willing to fall flat on her face, failing often, knowing that she has her own back with a curated support system around her. Why curated? Because listen, when you know that these are your needs and you make your requests in an energy of love and compassion, accepting people where they are, not expecting them to do anything more than what they can do, then we start curating a group of people because we've made those requests. And people who are around us, if they don't honor those requests, they eventually kind of fall off, right? Yes, we feel the rejection. Yes, we feel the disappointment. Like we feel guilt. We feel shame when they call us needy and she call too much and she need too much and she she want to talk for hours and oh my God, right? Those people fall off and we curate a support system that we can go the distance with, ladies, queens. When we honor it, we honor it within ourselves and like we make the request and like we are willing to experience the rejection because our need is honored and our need is more than the risk of feeling the rejection from someone who can or may not be able to meet it. Our need is greater than what other people think of us. Imagine that. Imagine if your need for you, if you were so fierce in protecting your needs that the thoughts of others was below that, where would you be, queen? I don't care if it was your mama, your daddy, your kids, your significant other, your boss. If your need to protect you, you honored it so much that you had those difficult conversations, willing to be, have different perceptions of you from others. And that need was lower than your need for you to see yourself as human. That is your superpower. It's our advantage. 
But when we deny it, we put ourselves at a disadvantage. None of this makes us weak. But when we have the narrative that it does, that's when we become weak. Not because it makes us weak, but because of the thought that we have. So therefore, we are spending so much time in internal battle of feeling that that fight of needing it because it is a true need and then shaming ourselves because it is a true need as opposed to just acknowledging and honoring it as a human. What would happen, Queen, if you stop that internal fight? It's not the work that gets all the flash, but damn it, it's the work that creates the flash. This is the work that frees you up because how much time are you spending in internal battle? 50%? 60%? What would happen if you stopped the battle within? Yep. I need some attention. Nothing wrong with that. Let me go figure that out. Yep. I need to know that I turn my partner on, that they find me sensual, sexy, and that they are okay with this big ass and this cellulite. I need to know that. What would happen if you were like upfront and honest with yourself about that and not in a shaming way and not in a deliberate, like forceful way, but in a total acceptance way? And I need this so much that I'm going to free you, whoever that other person is, to be themselves. And if that's not their bend, and that is a bigger need for me, I'm not going to make them be anything other than who they are, but I'm going to get that from someplace else. And it doesn't mean that you have to get that from someplace else and like break a marriage or whatever. It could be like you get it in a different way, but you figure out that need as opposed to blaming yourself for the fact that you have the need. Like when I coach some of my clients, they spend so much time, 80% of their time on, am I a good wife? Am I a good mother? Am I a good woman? There's no energy to solve for the complexities of their businesses, the complexities of their job. If we freed this up, what we would do would be monumental. When we don't recognize our emotional needs as normal, we get into trouble, queens. Knowing, acknowledging, and solving for our emotional needs can be your strength, not your weakness. I learned this from my baby girl. My baby girl, like she was born this way, the scariest kid ever. When she was two and I blow my nose. Now, if you ever been around me when I blow my nose, it's kind of loud. It sounds like a horn when I blow my nose. She would always tremble and start crying. Mom, you scared me. She was absolutely the scariest kid ever. I couldn't leave to go run. That's when I became an avid runner. I lost like 90 pounds and I did that through running because I had three kids in four years. So I was 220 pounds. That was my heaviest. And so I got down to 132 and I did that from getting from the couch and starting to run. Now I run and nothing happens because I'm not on the couch anymore, right? Like it's so funny how our body is, but like I started running and 
I couldn't leave her. Like she had to be with me when I ran. She had older siblings that could take care of her. Nope, she didn't want to be around them. So it progressed to like, I could only go around the block and I would sit her on the front yard and she would sit on the little steps and she's like, can I just be outside? And I was like, okay. So I could just run around the block like 20 times and she would time it. Like if I didn't come around that, like she knew about the time that I should be around and like she would be there. And when she got a little bit older at like five and six years old, And I would want to do five and six miles. She would just run with me. That's how scary she was. But she honored her need. She made her requests known. I don't want to be left. I need to be around you all the time. She made no apologies for it. She was like, figure this shit out, mama, because you're not leaving me. And I figured it out because she was important to me. But I figured it out in a way without belittling her or dismissing her. Did I tease her for it? Of course. She didn't care. She honored her need. It kept going. It was so bad. By the time her father and I were divorced, he would always say like he lived in a house close to us because we maintain close proximity because that was best for the kids. And so his house was wasn't too far from mine. But He had a driveway that had a slant. And when he would leave, now granted, the older kids are big enough to like watch her, right? We could go to the store, but nope. If she was asleep, he would sneak out. And the way he would sneak out is he would put the car in neutral and back the car out of the driveway in neutral without turning it on. Because if he turned the car on, she would wake up and run out the house. You're leaving me. Right now, that is an example of like how kids are and how unapologetic they are to their needs. Why does that change? Why is it that we start shaming that part of us who has needs instead of unapologetically saying, no, this is who I am? Like, (laughs) my youngest daughter is still to this day unapologetic about her need. And I think it's because we honored it when she was little. We never made it a problem other than that was just the way she was. And the reason why is because she honored it. What would happen if we took that same approach, right? When she was in elementary school, and I would want that quiet moment. Y'all know those quiet moments as a mother, we would get up early just to have that moment where the house is quiet. I could wake up at five and I could tiptoe into my bedroom, into my living room, make my coffee, sit down, turn on my music and just go, ah, light my incense. And it wouldn't be, but by the time I did all of that, lit my incense, here she comes with her blanket and her pillow. It never felt, no matter how quiet I was, there was this radar like, mama's up, I'm going. And I didn't care how much I go, oh my God. She didn't care. Her need was going to be met. And her need at that moment was, I'm going to go in mama's lap and I'm going to go back to sleep. This is what I need. I need closeness with my mom. To this day, she is still the same way. 
In high school, when there was a storm, I knew it. She was going to get in my bed. That's it. She was scared and I need to be around my mama. No apologies. How many times do we apologize for our need when we're scared? How many times do we apologize? Like I'm making a big business decision and I'm really scared and I need to talk this through to someone. How many times do we make that a bad thing and we don't go get our need fulfilled? We don't go get in the bed with someone during a storm. How many times do we neglect our need for, I just need to talk with someone about this? How many times do we make that a problem, that neediness? When she went off to college, when she came home, she never even put her luggage in her bedroom. It was, I need to be around my mama. And she would have put her luggage in my room. She would sleep in my bed. Her luggage was in our bed. It was her room. Like when I left to go to bed, are we going to bed? Okay, I'm going to bed with you. I've been away from you for this long and I need my tank filled unapologetically. I mean, what would happen if we did that with our friends? I recently curated a retreat for a group of my friends, my MCT sisters, right? That we went through the trial went of Master Coast training. And I was like, I need that level of friendship. Like I need to talk. I need to like the MCT sisters, like I need to talk about coaching our business and all of it, like in a curated environment. So I was like, hey, all of us is going through some shit. Creating containers where I get to have that met. Like I've been away too long. Like my daughter, I've been away I've been fighting. She was captain of the basketball team. She'd been like showing up strong, everything. I need that time where I get refueled. No apologies. And she curated it. I'm coming home this weekend. She would tell me, and this is what I want to eat. She would put her luggage in my bedroom. When we're going to bed, go to bed, that she didn't want me touching her at bed. Like she didn't want to snuggle. She just wanted to be in the same bed. Like she was very deliberate about how she wanted her needs met and still is. No apologies. Her neediness became her strength. That's how she showed up as captain of the team, like dealing with the coach, dealing with everybody else, graduating with honors, right? not only keeping her scholarship as a D1 player, but graduating with honors in a mathematics science degree. That's how she showed up strong, right? But for us, when we get businesses and we're doing all of this, like we start apologizing for the fact that we need places like that. We start apologizing for like, I need a place where I can drop the mask and cry and like say all the shit. We start apologizing and like we don't honor that. What if honoring that was your strength? That's what I see in my seven-figure clients. They honor that neediness. They honor the fact that they need that place where they can just show up raw like my daughter. Yeah, where are you going? Uh -uh, I need a coaching call. <laughs> I need you to coach me. I need to talk about this. I'm feeling like I'm this. I'm feeling like this. They honor those weaknesses. 
what they think of as weaknesses and they become that process is their strength. If we honored our grief, if we honored our loss, if we honored the fact that this world has denied us our humanity and there is a sense of abandonment for us as Black women, if we honored that, what would happen? I think great things would happen. The funny thing about my daughter is as much as I have hated fragility, as much as I have hated whininess, as much as I have hated damsels in distress and weakness and anything that I thought made me weak, I would dismiss. I never saw her as weak. I never saw her ability to manage and maneuver getting her needs filled as weakness. I always saw it as a strength. To this day, she's grown, has her own apartment. And to this day, she'll say, mama, what you doing Friday? I'm like nothing. Okay, I'm coming over. I'm spending the night. I'm bringing the dog. (laughs) Now she doesn't sleep in my bed. She sleeps in the same house now, but she goes up to her own bedroom, right? But when she's here, like she like turns down the TV. She turns off the TV. She puts her music on. Like if I go outside, she goes outside. If I go such and such, if I go to the store, she's going to the store. I need you. I need my cup filled and I know the safe place to get it. She's curated it. See, when we go through the motion of, that's why some of my clients love me and they'll never leave because like when we curate those safe places, Like when we go to places and we feel safe being weak, we leave there strengthened. Then those friendships, those are the friendships that I honor, that I protect. Those are the friendships that they make a request to me. I'm going to do whatever. Not, it's more so because I know that's my soft place. So I need to take care of that place, right? So if my friend is needed and such and such, I'm going to make the phone calls. I'm going to make my, I'm going to go to the ends of the earth. And therefore, I'm going to protect how I show up in those friendships too, because they matter to me. Those relationships where I get filled matter to me, right? Never ask for your neediness with an apology from your significant other, your friends. It's not an apology. It's never asking with shame because when we make the request with shame or apology, we make it in a different way. That's what I learned from my daughter. She never makes the request out of shame or smallness. It's always from strength. I need to spend some time with you, mom. It's always from strength. It's never with an apology. Do you have places where you can make those requests with a strength? I need some time. Can you say it directly? I need you to put your phone down. You're scrolling on the phone at the dinner table. Baby, I need your attention right now. I need you to pour into me right now. I need some time. I know this may sound funny to you, but I need some undivided attention. Do you have places where you can say that without apology? Because when we make it with apology, it does come off as needy, as a weakness. But if we don't see it as weak, 
then we teach others that it is not a weakness. I think instead of us asking the world to accept our needs and honor our needs, we go first always without apology. No, I can't work late. I need to go home. (laughs) What's going to make me a better employee is if I go home and pour into my family because that's a need too. I need to rest. I can't do this sun up to sundown for the rest of my life. I need to rest. Only in our community do we deem those basic needs as negative. Only in our community do we highlight the struggle. Do we wear the struggle with a badge? Only in our community. But think of the reason why. Think of how the slave trade happened. Think of the things that they said. Oh, she can work from sunup to sundown. She can have kids. She can have such such. And like, those were the things, right? That we got praise for. Think of how we've internalized that and how as a culture, we've accepted that as the standard where it never was. And then, oh my God, to be needy is to be lazy, dismissive, negative. It's a negative thing. To be needy is to be human. I'm going to keep saying it. I know I'm belaboring the point, but this is how inbreded this is in our society. Our neediness, your neediness is your superpower because it will show you the way to get your tank filled so that you can go do your epic shit. You learn to feel the disappointment of other people dismissing it. You get better at feeling that emotion. You're willing to experience it because your need supersedes your need for them to see you in a certain way. And when we get that, that is when the game changes and we get what we need. My friendship circle is really tight, guys. It's curated. And I do. I have people coming into my life saying they want to be my friend. And not that I don't want to be friends. I do. But that inner circle, that tightness, there's only so much that I can, like that capacity, because you got to feed into it as much as you take out. And that circle is tight. And I want to challenge you to create that for yourself. Create those tight places where you get to be yourself, neediness and all. This is what you need. And you get to say it with authority and like my daughter, without apology. And you get to protect it. Understanding our humanity, understanding our humaneness, being able to embrace our emotional need is the work I do in this one-on-one container. It's the thing that separates us. It's the thing that allows us to go after the bigger thing. So many times my client says in our work together, their ability to accept their humanness is the thing that makes them superhuman. This is the work we do together. And I invite you, if there's some things about you that you want to slip underneath the cover, underneath the rug, that you want to hide in a thing. If there's some things about you that you just don't like, that's in the way, queen. That's in the way. Our 
Neediness is an advantage. There are advantages to accepting our neediness. I implore you to start seeing it that way. Hope this helped. Give me a response. Reach out, DM me on Instagram. If you have any questions or if you have any feedback or send me a personal email at brig at brigjohnson.com. I read every one of them and I respond. Give me your feedback. Where is it that you've been struggling not to honor your humaneness, your neediness? The next time someone looks at you or you really needy or something, say, yeah, I am because I'm human. Debunk that. Let's debunk that. We're not taking that slave mentality, internalized bullshit anymore. I get to be human. I get to have needs. I get to be unapologetic about it. If you want an example, think of those examples of my daughter, unapologetic. And there's nothing weak about her. She does the same thing. I've watched it. She does the same thing in her relationship with her man. Same thing. I need to see you. And she's strong as fuck in the relationship because she says what her needs are. I love that about her. Are you unapologetic about your needs? And I know, like, are they a want or are they a need, right? They may not be at the hierarchical level of safety, but our emotional needs are still needs, right? When they don't get met, They disrupt our ability to get to the next success level. This is the key to us getting to the next level, queens. I promise you, nothing flashy, but it's the work that produces the flash in a sustainable way. Talk at you later. Reach back. Bye. Did you enjoy this podcast? I hope you did. And I mean it when I say I want this to be our little community. Feel free to always reply back at brigjohnson.com. Find me on Instagram at johnsonbrig. DM me. I do listen to your feedback. And in the spirit of neediness and honoring my neediness, I'm going to say something. I haven't looked at my reviews and they're a little sparse. Like they really are. I've only gotten two reviews for the entire year of 2023. And I know it's because I stopped asking. Well, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm asking. So if you're getting enjoyment, if this is helping you, please go to Apple Review, wherever you listen and review this podcast. That's how other people hear our About Us. I want to read one of the reviews that I just got, a five-star review from Truth Promoter. In September of this year, she writes, or they write, I don't know, Truth Promoter writes, fasten your seatbelt and enjoy the journey. Briggs' work is next level. If you are willing and ready to be humbly honest with yourself and do your personal inner work, this is the podcast for you. Briggs' work has forced me to ask questions of myself I never thought were remotely important. 
all while healing and being super gentle with myself in the process. I love that. I highly recommend this podcast to all of my female corporate baddies of color. It's a necessary tool needed in your toolbox. Thank you, Truth Promoter. Thank you. I appreciate that, especially that little bit about important of calling yourself out, but super gentle with myself in the process. Yes, love it. And I want to read your review on here. I want to get to know you guys and I want other women of color to find this podcast if it can help them just as it helped Truth Promoter. Thank you for your review. Appreciate you guys. Bye.